All righty, everybody. Good morning, Guruiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And we are down to the final team in the NFC Northwiz, and it is your Minnesota Vikings. And uh, that Sean McVay coaching tree is getting bigger and bigger, Wiz. Yeah, it really, it really is. And uh, boy, there's been some <laughs> startling uh, revelations coming out how much disdain Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins had for each other. Um, former players and some videos and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I don't know if we'll ever really get to the bottom of it, but it seems like this is going to be a breath of fresh air for Kirk Cousins with a new coaching staff, offensive coaching staff. Um, and I like Kirk Cousins a lot this year. Um, I even think he could be talked into top 12. Uh, if not, he's certainly right up there. So um Anytime you have a top three or five wide receiver and then other good receivers, an emerging young tight end, running backs that could catch the ball out of the backfield, that could take the ball a long way once they catch it. There's a lot to like about Kirk Cousins. I have him very, very close to the top 12. And uh, if someone said to me that I was crazy, he is definitely inside the top 12 this year. Um, I could be talked into that one as well. Uh, are you writing the Kirk Cousins bandwagon this year. I am right. I am doing that, Wiz. Uh, I think for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I, I couldn't stand looking at Mike Zimmer the last couple of years on that sideline. I know you're a Vikings fan. I thought he did a horrendous job. At, you know, and by the way, he's supposed to be a defensive expert. You know, how'd that work out for him? So, good riddance to Mike Zimmer. I think uh, a, a breath of fresh air comes into Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, I think, does get treated unfairly. This whole talk about him not being able to win big games. Uh, I think in his career, he's 500 as a quarterback, 59 and 59 with two ties. Uh, I, I don't think it's quite fair. The, the guy, uh, the year before, completed 70% of his passes. Last year, after losing Thielen and not having a guy like Irv Smith Jr. around, he still completed 67% of his passes. 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, look, not a great defense, an improved defense this year, I do think. but not So there's going to be games where the Vikings are going to be playing from behind. I personally have Kirk Cousins in the top 12, Wiz, uh, and I think he will flourish under a new coach where, you know, a lot of that angst that maybe he was feeling goes away as Mike Zimmer heads for the exits. Yeah, let's get to some of these players he's going to be throwing the ball to and handing the ball off to as well. Um, The Vikings running back situation is pretty clear. Um, Dalvin Cook is inside the top 10 at the position. Uh, maybe involved a lot more in the patching game, which have been the rumors, and that certainly only enhances his value. Kind of a clear-cut situation if he goes down, and in the past you know, couple of years when he has gone down, Alexander Madison's a good player. I will say I'm a little disappointed in Alexander Madison, his opportunities. He's had some of these games where people thought he you know, was going to finish inside the top 10 for the week in the games that he started, and he's been a little disappointing. But it's still kind of clear to me that Dalvin Cook, number one, is inside the top 10, and if it's part of the pass cat, you know, the receiving game, which they say they're going to be, can move him up even more. Alexander Madison as his clear-cut backup and handcuff. Um, how do you see the running back situation for the Vikings? So, so uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, 16 touchdowns uh, in 2020, and a big step back. He missed four games. I, I don't know if it's a byproduct of 
uh, I, I guess a byproduct of you know the Vikings playing from behind and all that sort of thing. But uh, Dalvin Cook is definitely injury prone. He's going to miss a couple of games a year. It seems almost every much the case. So you better, you definitely better if you have Dalvin Cook, you better have Alexander Madison. Uh, I wouldn't say standalone value at Madison, but when Cook goes down, Madison, I I, I think it's slightly unfair, Wiz, because he either had a touchdown or had over 100 yards of offense, well over 100 yards of offense in three of the four games that he was in there for um, for uh, Cook. So I, I have trust in him, and he is the he is the backup, no question about it, the, the handcuff to have without Cook. I, I guess what I would say, Wiz, is I want to see if kind of Cook can get back to where he was the year before, where you know he went from almost 1,600 yards rushing down to 1,100 yards rushing and a big drop in the touchdowns. But I think this is going to be a pass-first offense, so... Those double-digit touchdowns might be a little bit harder to come for for Cook, but you know Cook is also productive in in the pass game as well. Uh, I think he's still a running back one, no matter what you say. Yeah, he's inside the top ten, twelve as running back, and uh, Justin Jefferson is just ascending in fantasy value and ability on the field. Uh, each of his first few seasons in the NFL and. He's projected to be a top five, top three wide receiver this year. Um, and I think that's right. With his new coaching staff, the sky's the limit for Justin Jefferson. I, there's not really much more to say. I mean, this could be just a player with tremendous ability now being coached and having the opportunity uh, to really explode. So there's a lot to love about Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen is rock solid. My concern for Thielen is his fantasy value has come by a tremendous amount of touchdowns to catch ratio these last few years. I don't know if he can keep that up. Hopefully he could stay on the field. These last couple of years have been a little bit challenging. He's missed some time. But I will say this. If you draft Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen, I really think that you should go out and draft K.J. Osborne because if something was to happen to either one of those two guys, he's a good enough player in the system that he would be himself a wide receiver too or better if he had the opportunity to play every single game as a starter. So Justin Jefferson is a top three to five overall wide receiver. Adam Thielen probably wide receiver two to three. And K.J. Osborne is a wide receiver that I feel if you draft either Viking receiver, have him as a backup because he has very, very good ability and uh, would succeed if given the opportunity. As J.J., to me, is arguably the number one receiver in fantasy, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of great uh, wide receivers out there, but 167 targets, you know, increased his touchdowns last year from his rookie year. A player is just going to get better and, and, and used, I think, consistently. So... Yeah, what's not to like there? And you mentioned Thielen, but he has been productive both in each of the last two seasons where he had 14 touchdowns uh, in 2020 and 10 last year. Unfortunately, was really nicked up in the last five games. He tried to get on the field in one of them, but he lasted like, I think he lasted like one quarter in that game. So essentially missed five games. Uh, he did have 10, 10 touchdowns and productive. And as you mentioned, Osborne seven touchdowns and 50 catches in this offense. So I, I agree, a, a very sneaky little handcuff at the receiver position if either of those two guys would go down. Uh, one other guy, Wiz, that's in, in, in you know, they drafted him a couple of years ago, Imar, uh, Mars, uh, 
Emar Smith-Marset. Uh, I don't know if you have strong views on him. There was, he had one productive game uh, last year as a, as, as, as a player in fantasy, but I, I guess a, a little bit of inconsistency there. B.C. Johnson was also a guy a few years ago who did make a little bit of noise in fantasy, but last year he, he did virtually nothing. So, um, you know, this starts with those top two guys, Wiz, and, and, and probably the third slash fourth option is going to be between Osborne and uh, the guy we're going to talk about next is Irv Smith Jr. Yeah, I, I just, before we get to Irv Smith, I just want to say, imagine being three or four guys responsible for taking Jalen Rago over Justin Jefferson. <laughs> On to Irv Smith. Um, I like Irv Smith. I liked him at Alabama. Um, his When he came to the Vikings, uh Kyle Rudolph was in the mix. Um, he just hasn't had his opportunity due to depth chart or injuries. Now those two things seem to not be in his way with a coaching staff that wants to throw the ball. They have some tricky plays when they get down to the red zone, and Irv Smith seems to be the main recipient of these plays uh, that Kirk Cousins has confidence in the red zone. I'm sure with this coaching staff, they'll have some terrific plays and put him in matchups where he can really excel. I'm really liking Irv Smith this year. Um, I think he could be one of these under-the-radar guys guys that right now is being viewed at, I don't know, between 15 and 20 that could get himself inside the top 10 at the position. Um, and I think that the path is clear for Irv Smith, something that has not been the case his first few years with the Vikings. So let, let me ask you this, Wiz. Um, I, I agree overall with that. And, you know, two years ago when Rudolph was kind of out of the mix, the end of the season, there was five touchdowns uh, caught by Irv Smith Jr. He had some productive games and unfortunately couldn't get on the field last year. Does the fact that Kevin O'Connell coming here from the Rams where he really, the last couple of seasons, did not have, you know, Higby had that monster 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 year a couple of years ago but the last couple of years the Rams really haven't done anything at the tight end spot so does that make you somewhat hesitant that Irv Smith may be relegated or it kind of look past that and you think that Irv Smith Jr. will make a a big difference in that the latter um I I just I just feel different situations uh between the two teams different type of players um and I think Irv Smith is going to get his opportunity uh, this year. And uh, he can be a matchup problem if they match him up uh, against linebackers or strong safeties. He's fast. He's athletic. And uh, he has not been able to show what he's, what he's capable of doing. And I think this could be the year. He's just one of these guys that you want to have as your second tight end because I think he could really be an ascending player, and, and this year can put up terrific numbers. So um, having Irv Smith as your second tight end where, okay, if it's similar to the Rams and he's clearly the fourth option in the passing game or he's a third option but you're still not catching as many passes as you thought, that's fine. You could drop him or whatever. But to have that upside I think is a tremendous advantage. So. I like Irv Smith, and I, I think uh, the opportunity is really there for him. All all systems go, depth chart, health, coaching staff, um, confidence with Kirk Cousins, all could equal a, a big year for Irv Smith. Yeah, I, I think I think that's correct, and uh, ho- hopefully that is the case. Uh, all right, Wiz, let's talk about Greg Joseph, who big leg because uh, they rolled him out there many times for long field goals. 
Nine attempts. By the way, I think last year the Vikings had the third most field goal attempts in the league, 38 field goal attempts. This guy attempted nine from 40-plus and nine from 50-plus and made most of them. A little wobbly on on the extra points, though. But a big leg, so I I don't know. Definitely a guy I think that's going to be underdrafted is what I would say. Uh, He's probably closer to the top 12 than kind of where he's listed. That's what I would say. Uh, The Vikings have made a number of uh, improvements on this defense. in the draft, in the, in the secondary, uh, Zadarius Smith has come over. I'm not sure. Again, they had a lot of sacks the last couple of years, but I, I think the Viking defense might be an underrated defense this year, Wiz. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about it, though, because you are the Vikings fan here uh, and a bit more of the expert on, on, on everything Vikings. Yeah, Joseph, I like. Uh, the problem, not really the problem, the unknown. Right. When you have these coaches like Belichick and Parcells and Zimmer from that tree, if you will, they like it. That's the type of game. Field goals, field goals, field goals. When you have an opportunity to put three on the board, these new wave of young coaches, we've seen this with Staley, with the Chargers, um, it's go for it on fourth down. So I really want to take a look at what the – the, the, the thinking is going to be, if you will, behind what he does when they're at the 32-yard line and it's fourth and two, that type of situation. So I like Joseph. Um, will they send him out for as many seagulls? That's the unknown. But if they do, um, I certainly think that he's right around uh, a kicker that you could draft as top 12. And I agree that the Vikings defense is going to get better um, and be better this year. They could be an underrated defense and certainly a defense that you would want to start in spot situations. Um, maybe not a defense that you want to draft where you're starting them every single week, but certainly in um, if, it, if you're another defense is on a bye week or you're streaming them, uh, I agree with you. It could be a little bit underrated coming into the season. All right. Fantastic. So uh, that's it, Wiz. That wraps up the NFC North. Uh, we have a very, very changed division in the NFC South. That will be the next one that we talk about. But, again, hopefully everybody's listening. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Uh, Wiz, very enjoyable talking about all this. But, yeah, look forward to tackling the NFC South next. And uh, I'll wish you a good rest of your weekend, Wiz. You got it. You do the same. Thank you.